Hey guys, it is Jason here with Whatsoever is True, and we're talking about violence, self-defense, and Christianity today. That's it. That's the, the subject of the podcast, and uh, let's just get right into it so I won't keep you waiting. And, and here we go. Only Christianity provides the foundation, the philosophical foundation, for why everyone should be safe, why everyone should have equal political rights and, and so forth. I mean, think, think about this for a second. If you are a scientific materialist, in other words, you believe that life is basically matter and motion, that's basically it, you can't come up with a sound philosophical reason, a moral reason, for why, if we're having a debate over this, I shouldn't just beat the stuffing out of you, or if you think you can prevail, you beat the stuffing out of me, right? I mean, why not just settle it with gunfire or uh, bloodshed? But you don't have an answer for that. Now, one of the things that, that, that non Christians will do, atheists will do, is they'll say that, uh, in answer to this, is you're trying to say that that non-Christians can't be good people, and I know very good many people that are very moral, and they're not Christian. That's not the question. That actually proves that God's law is written on everyone's heart, and that you know, when you say that, that, that morality matters. So that's, a, that's, a, that's the answer to a totally different question. And in fact, it's still proving the point. What we're saying is that you don't have an accounting for it. You can't understand or, I'm sorry, provide a reason for why you need to be moral. Because if everything is just matter and motion, there's no, morality is simply a ruse. It's, it's just a myth. Now, you might come back with, and here's the other, the other objection, is, well, evolution has taught us that cooperation is better than violence. Well, first, that's preposterous, first of all, because every rapist, murderer, and thief obviously did not get that evolutionary memo. And clearly, Mao, Stalin, and Hitler, Pol Pot, those guys, they missed out one too. What was going on? Was their Wi-Fi slow? You know, did evolution not give us a good update? Did some people, are they still operating on the old you know, operating system? What's going on with that? Why, why when somebody goes, you know what, I'm just going to murder or rape or pillage, why would they do that if evolution has taught them otherwise? I mean, think about that. Why do humans do that? You don't see other animals acting outside of their norm. You don't see bears trying to move to Chicago and become an accountant. What's the big deal? So, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm not trying to be a comedian here. It's just a funny, it's a funny objection. Uh, just by telling you what the objection is, it's, it's, it's laughable. So Christianity alone provides for peace and security for all people, Christians and non-Christians. And, and, and the scripture proof for this is, is uh, in Matthew chapter 5. Let's go that. Let's go to verse forty-three, where, where the Lord says, "You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven." Okay, this is a commandment. So that in and of itself is fine. That's the end of the matter because God has spoken. But He goes on. He goes on from there and provides the philosophical basis for how we are made in His image, and He's already doing this. Ready? For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. See what he just said here? That's the basis of what, what I refer to as Christian libertarianism. Jesus is saying that God sends sun, sunshine and rain. He, he sends blessings upon the just and the unjust. So that is his nature. We are to be God-like. We're to be Christ-like in Christ, of course, through grace alone. For if you love those who love you, he continues, what reward do you have? 
Do not even the tax collectors do the same? He was easy referencing tax collectors because they were some of the most loathsome people uh, at that time. I'm not simply throwing like the IRS under the bus here. That's a, that's a different subject for a different day. <laughs> anyway, and if you greet only your brothers, what more are, are you doing than others? Basically, he said, if you're if you're really polite and nice only to people that you agree with all the time in an echo chamber, then then you're not like God in that regard. Do not even the Gentiles do the same. And he's talking to Jews and Gentiles we consider to be, well, let's just say not very nice people. It's sort of like saying to uh, if you had an audience full of Democrats saying, so don't even Republicans do that. Right. You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So. What we've got here is, is, is that's the scripture text, the proof of he's saying that all people are equal in that regard. And so the notion that Christianity is somehow going to be, well, let's say it's going to repress the rights of those who are not Christian is just preposterous. You're going to point out in history, there would be the other objection. Somebody will come and say, all right, fine, fine. But wasn't it Christians who had slavery? Wasn't it Christians who had, say, Jim Crow? Wasn't it Christians who did the Crusades? I heard former President Obama mention the Crusades one time after a a particular, I don't remember which one it was, a, a terrorist attack. He commented, and I think it was at the prayer breakfast even, which made it even more ironic, that uh, the Christians had the Crusades, so they need to get off their high horse. So that was kind of funny objection, something that just happened yesterday. And then he's saying something that happened a thousand years ago. He's bringing that up. Um, that was just ironic. Anyway, anyway, well, the Crusades, interestingly, were a, a, a war of self-defense. That's, once again, another one of those cases where we can cover that in another podcast. But all of the Middle East was Jewish and Christian. Muhammad came along, okay, 600 years after Christ, and then tried to quote-unquote reason with the Jews and the Christians about his revelation from Allah, couldn't get any converse, and then, well, once he got political power, just basically killed and beheaded his way to power. So that's not quite the same thing, and that's, again, to say what I'm, what I'm going to be pointing out as we, as we move through this podcast is how Christianity alone, once again, provides for the foundation for the safety, the physical safety and the, and the security of property that everyone would look at as political freedom. Because if I say freedom, I was like, freedom, freedom, freedom. What does that mean? Freedom here means in this case, as defined through scripture, and as Jesus just pointed out here, is that everybody, the just and the unjust, Christians and non-Christians, Jews and Gentiles, Christians and Muslims, Christians and Jews and Christians and atheists, everybody, has the blessings of God, of life, liberty, and what you might refer to as a pursuit of happiness. The civil magistrate is, is, is mandated by God to be his minister to apply justice on earth in that if anybody goes to the extreme of committing a crime against another person, the civil magistrate needs to avenge that person. That's what justice is. So if you're wondering, well, what is justice on earth? What is social justice? Watch how uh, the, the devil twists these things in these words. Justice is simply the biblical mandate is that everyone is equal under God. No one has special rights. It's just that simple. Because if that's the case, then there's one group of people 
You find me the verse which says, well, this group of people are a little bit more special than the other group of people. Yes, you all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but these guys over here are a little bit better. They can jump a little higher um, or they've got a cool podcast or whatever it is, right? <laughs> we're always looking for a reason why we're a little bit better. That's sin. So if then you say, well, Christians had slavery. No, 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 no. That Once again, we can get into this, this objection later, but there is no scriptural text there is no scriptural principle that tells you you can enslave people. I will clear this up right away. One of the commandments is thou shalt not steal. And one of the easiest things to understand is you, if you steal a person, well, that's really stealing. I mean, what do you mean? I can't steal his wallet, but I can steal him? But that's, that's ridiculous. The Bible records things in scripture, but it doesn't condone them. For example, David... David's adultery, King David, God's anointed, committed adultery with Bathsheba. And then he had her husband murdered to cover it up. The Bible records it. It certainly doesn't condone it. And David paid dearly for that. And the, and the, the turmoil and the, the upheaval that was really his family life ever thereafter. I mean, his, he's got a pretty bad track record with being a family leader from that point onward because the sword never departed from his household as God then decreed as part of the judgment against him. So there's a clear mandate or clear evidence in scripture that there's only one hero in all the Bible and that is Jesus Christ. Everyone else has significant problems because there's sin. So when I say that, that Christian libertarianism leads to peace, I'm saying that it leads to the ultimate principles of peace in culture. This is what I mean by, you know, when we, we say the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in, is in heaven. We should pursue and love justice. Pursue and love justice. So justice has to be this simple. Everyone else is equal to me politically. And I don't try and develop a civil magistrate or a state to force my neighbor to be good. That is, in fact, violence. Let me put it to you another way. Let's say that I decide to take the authority that, that I don't have, and I think that I have a great plan to help alleviate poverty someplace, right? So I go over to my neighbor's house. I say, dude, I've got this great plan. Say my neighbor's name is Bob. Say, Bob, I got a great plan to alleviate poverty here in town. And uh, I just need 50 of your dollars. And Bob goes, what? No, hey, you alleviate it. If it's just a good idea, I've got stuff to do with my 50 bucks. So being the humanitarian that I am and caring so much for the poor and the impoverished in my town, I slug Bob and take his 50 bucks because I have a good cause for it. Well, you know what would happen. You know that's a crime. Well, wait a minute. So if that's a crime, what if I get everybody else in the street to vote against Bob? Does that now make it okay? How many votes do I need to have before I can take Bob's money? Right? Do I put a badge on everybody in town and say, well, now we're the police and, and therefore it's legal? You can't make something legal that is immoral and then therefore make that thing moral. It's just because I, I say something is legal doesn't mean it's moral. It's only moral if it is of God. This is what I mean by anytime we step outside of the will of the Lord, we end up abusing our neighbors one way, shape or form. The, the clear biblical evidence is that the minute we don't agree with God, we're going to end up in conflict with our neighbor. As our neighbor, of course, is, is, is made in the image of God. This goes right back to Genesis 3 and 4. 
right? Cain kills Abel after God gives him a wonderful pep talk. God says, hey, hey, dude, I'm Jason International version here. <laughs> hey, Cain, what's with the down, downcast look? What's with the depression? And, you know, Cain's moaning and grumbling and complaining. He doesn't like the circumstances of his life. And God says, dude, you got to be careful, right? If you do well, won't, won't, I, won't I reward you? If you, in other words, if you act according to my will, these things are blessings in and of themselves. He's giving him a chance to repent. And then he points out, he says, hey, look at sin is, is like this beast. It's crouching at your door. It wants to master you, but you must contend with it. You must master it. So Cain, not repenting, not going, wow, I don't believe that the Almighty actually gave me a pep talk. He goes and kills Abel. Abel needed some self-defense, by the way. <laughs> but not following the will of the Lord is always going to lead to violence against your neighbor and or oppression of him. And that oppression comes in many ways. Sometimes it comes straight up things like slavery or murder or rape. And other times it comes in, in a multitude of, of you know, taxation and regulation. It is the, is the notion that I have the right to tell you what to do with yourself or your property. That is a violation of liberty. It is a violation of justice. The minute we depart from the will of the Lord, we then presume to tell our neighbors what to do. That is exactly what we want to avoid. Okay? And that's why I say that only in Christianity do you find the path to liberty. Now lay that out once again. Leave your neighbor alone. <laughs> Don't bother your neighbor. If you've got a good idea, go do it yourself. If you want to go give to charity, give to charity. If you if you think something is good for somebody, then you do it with yourself. But you can't force your neighbor to be good. That is the church's job. The church makes men good because by the preaching of the gospel, the Holy Spirit does that. There's no force involved. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no force or violence in Christianity. The church fathers went to their own destruction to preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, went to the cross. Sinful men murdered the Son of God. And he, and he did that. He allowed that for our sake. He died for us while we were yet sinners. Right? That is the faith. That is the Lord that we follow. There is no violence in it. So anytime the sword is picked up or violence is used, it can only be used in self-defense. That is the message of, of the New Testament. That is a message post-cross. Okay? The silver magistrate is given by God the mandate to punish evildoers who commit crimes against their neighbor. There is no biblical mandate in the New Testament era to punish people for private sin. That is, this is exactly why in, in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about excommunication. Right? The excommunication is the big, it, that's the big gun. That's the axe falling in the New Testament era for church discipline. He doesn't use the Leviticus code of, of, of stoning anyone to death. When people commit sin inside the church, they are to be reprimanded. They are to be called to repentance. And if they don't, well, they then to be excommunicated. That's church discipline. The only, the only person who has the sword, the power of the sword in the New Testament era, again, this is post-Jesus Christ at the cross, is the civil magistrate who is God's avenger. So the only time the government should get involved with something is if it has to be the self-defense arm for somebody. In other words, this, this, this tells you right away, if you want to look at proper government and justice and social justice, is that if someone violates your civil rights, and that is by 
direct force, threat of force, fraud, and so forth, then the civil magistrate comes to avenge you. It doesn't matter your race, doesn't matter your color, doesn't matter your creed, doesn't matter your sex, doesn't matter what you're wearing, your hairstyle, the kind of music that you listen to. If you love, if you love Millie Vanilli, God bless you. The civil magistrate still will avenge you if someone commits a crime against you. If you're a Nickelback fan, for oh, geez, seriously, maybe not that. But anyway, no, okay, I'm just kidding. But everybody, everyone gets the benefit of God's blessing upon the just and unjust of his civil magistrate. Do you see how this glorifies Jesus Christ, guys? Do you? Jesus Christ is glorified in this because the only way to righteousness is through the cross. That is the whole message of the Bible, Jesus Christ. And that God's righteousness is revealed in this because the only way to righteousness is through God's means of Christ at the cross. So far from, from, from condoning sin, this condemns sin. Telling you the only way you're going to get right with God is through repentance of that sin and the finished work of Christ. At Calvary, the civil magistrate only gets involved if there's, again, murder, rape, assault, theft, fraud, crimes. Now, of course, Vern Poitras said this. I'm quoting Vern Poitras. I wish I thought of this line on my own. Didn't do it. Kind of bummed. Should have been obvious to me. But that's what sin does. But thank, thanks to Vern Poitras. In a great book, you can read it. Uh, Jesus or Christ in the in the in the shadow of the law of Moses. Great book. Uh, he says that all crime is a sin, but not all sin is a crime. So those of you libertarians out there listening to this, they go, "Hey, dude, man, I just want to smoke some weed." All right, you know what? We, we can have another talk about this another day. If that's a sin or not, and so forth and so on. Uh, but it clearly, you sitting on your couch watching Netflix and your skivvies. Smoking a smoking a doobie, having a little bit too maybe too many beers. I don't know how many beers are too many? I don't know. Is it two? Is it three? Is it four? I don't know. That's none of my business. None of my business. But the civil magistrate needs to leave you alone. Now, if you go out and you get in your car and you're driving under the influence, then you're committing a crime because you're putting other people in direct harm. Then the civil magistrate could get involved. Okay? The the principle has to be direct threat, direct harm. Okay? Uh, we can get into, there's another great subject. I'm just going to say this really quick. If I go outside with a firearm and I have the firearm for my protection, I'm not violating anyone's rights. If I start firing that sucker in the air or into the trees, then I am. And the, and the civil magistrate would be justified in coming to, coming to get me to stop, up in, including using force against me. By the same token, if I'm driving my 6,500-pound tundra down the road and I'm inebriated or under the influence of something, I'm doing the same thing. And a civil magistrate has a right under God to come and stop me and including, again, using force. That's why in Romans 13, it says he doesn't wield the sword in vain. He is God's avenger. I'm the wrongdoer. I'm the wrongdoer. If I'm sitting in my house and I'm drunk, I'm not the wrongdoer. Again, I think that's wrong and it's a sin, but that's none of my business if my neighbor is a private sinner. Where it becomes your business is when you need to be avenged, okay? There's a lot of things I'm sure that I would disapprove of about you and you would disapprove of about me. But if we're going to get along peaceably, remember Romans 12, live peaceably with all so far as it depends on you. In other words, don't be a busybody. If I start going over to my neighbor's house and telling him all the things I disagree with him about, 
How is that Christian? First of all, that's preposterous. And second of all, that's going to create conflict. And then he should say, get off my property, pinhead. And if I don't leave, well, then let's say he just goes, okay, get off my property. I said, no, make me. And he tries to make me and I beat him up. Well, he needs to be avenged. But in that case, he could have used force. So therefore, then only the civil magistrate can. This is the only way to look at life. If you're wondering why there's so much bickering in politics and all of that so on, it's because we will not, ref we refuse to ob abide by and obey the word of the Lord. Just because you have a good idea about someone else's morality, it has n you have no authority there. If you want to be good, you think this charity is good or this is good or this is whatever, go ahead and do it. And you can go ahead and tell people about it and say, hey, you should do it too. But you have no right to make other people do it through your own powers. That makes you a thief or through the civil magistrate, which makes you a tyrant. And at least with the thief, I don't have to endure a lecture about why you're morally superior to me. All right. Remember the story. We'll get into this another time. But the Good Samaritan people said the Good Samaritan be a Good Samaritan. Remember the Good Samaritan didn't just run around at gunpoint and get everybody else to contribute to the to the poor beaten guy. He did it with his own money, and his own time, and he didn't stand there and pontificate to everybody about what a great guy he was. All right. That would make him a modern day politician. When politics, look at how many jobs I created and all these things I've done with other people's money. You know, that's the whole Christian ethic is to give glory to Jesus Christ. We have politicians who pat themselves in the back for, for doing good outside of the will of the Lord. So stop it. Okay? Repent of that. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the only path to God and righteousness. And we must leave our neighbors alone. That is the entire essence of Christian libertarianism. Every other thing you do, seriously, is going to lead to violence and conflict. If you disagree with me, you're going to have to tell me on what moral code you can use force against your neighbor. You've got to leave them alone. The Bible is replete, replete with do justice and leave them alone. Work with your own hands, mind your own business. Okay? And so there is my scripture text for, for the Christian libertarianism of leaving everybody alone and how everyone's safe from force that God sends son and blessings on the just and unjust. That's what he already does. He's leaving them alone. Go preach to them. Go serve them. Go trade with them. Go do whatever it is. Let them know you're, that you're his disciple through your love, not your tyranny. You can't, if you're trying to fix people through force, you, you know, dude, you, we're messing that up. And unfortunately, Christians have not been very consistent with that. And then we end up losing arguments quite a bit because of the inconsistency there. But that inconsistency is not in Scripture. It's in our own little tyrannical heart. Okay? And uh, lastly, Christianity is not cheap moral deism, moral, morally therapeutic deism. How to become a better person? No. It's about the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. And if we follow those principles through to their logical extension in society and in law and in economics we have freedom political freedom okay that's it for now jason again it's signing off uh you know feel free to go check out my books on amazon and all of that stuff i've got a bunch of them jason coral k-o-r-o-l i'm sure you'll probably see that in the other podcast info but if not uh would love to if you want to support this stuff uh, go ahead i've got a bunch of books in self-defense talking about this subject and uh, hopefully those will be edifying and they will glorify Jesus Christ. Because that's the whole pur purpose of this. Glorify Jesus Christ. Okay, that's it for now. I'll catch you on the next one.